Hello, I'm Yasalaya Moom, and today I will be discussing entrepreneurship through the use of participatory media. I thought that this would be an interesting subject to talk about since many of the people around me at school and in my age range have begun pursuing careers and projects utilizing Instagram, YouTube, blogging sites, and other type of media as a base for their work. Moreover, it's interesting to examine how big corporations that are often rooted in old and outdated media have begun to take advantage of these micro-celebrities and their followings. So let's just get right into it. Let's start with what the participatory media and the business model itself is. The online business models in creative industries reading clarifies that this model requires user contribution in order to achieve value creation. Its structural elements include everything from advertising and sponsoring links to user-generated content to free streaming and downloading. This modernization of traditional media outlets such as TV and radio has allowed creators to cut costs by allowing content to focus on consumers rather than production and editorial decisions. So it's really cool that people can take something that they're familiar with or passionate about and really develop themselves as a brand. By that I mean if you're interested in fashion, for example, and have some experience in the field and maybe an active audience that likes to hear your opinions, you can now expand your practice beyond things like streetwear and put your work on the internet for everybody. This process of putting yourself out there and advocating for your work coincides with the concept of effectuation. If you're not familiar with the term effectuation, it's basically a way of thinking that helps potential entrepreneurs start their businesses. It can be broken down into four principles that focus on maximizing your potential. The bird in hand principle basically suggests that you have three resources at hand, who you are, what you know, and whom you know. These resources can serve as a starting point and allow you to focus on what you currently have at your disposal. Going back to our example of a fashionista dedicated to creating content and starting their career, who they are comes down to their values, abilities, and what sets them apart from everyone else's fashion posts. What they know can be broken down into their professional competencies, which is basically just skills, knowledge, and attributes that are valued by the industry. So that could be things like an eye for detail or even an understanding of texture, color, and fabric. Lastly, whom they know would just come down to anybody in their network. These relationships can be super useful and help you find future collaborations, prospective jobs, and much, much more. These media-centered jobs have minimal barriers of entry and allow basically everyone with internet access to have an online presence and an opportunity to gain exposure. Taking from the experience of Ben Barry, inclusivity in the world of media and print is vital to consumers feeling seen and valued. Though some companies continue to believe that we buy certain products advertised by certain models so that we can feel a certain way, the era of the thin, white, and seemingly perfect models with legs stretched across the page is at its end and consumers are sharing their concerns. This idealized norm propelled through media is outdated and consumers are ready to see and support people who look like them and represent a wider range of the population. With that said, the wide array of influencers online is a marketing opportunity for established brands looking to broaden their image. When it comes down to it, the average commercial or magazine spread can be extremely expensive to produce and never actually guarantees any results. But today, brands view the Instagram and YouTube famous as potential brand ambassadors and all their followers as potential customers. Therefore, the more popular you would be online, the more likely it is for brands to reach out to you to promote their products or boost their image. 
but who they pick kind of comes down to a game of politics. So brands need to select representatives aligned with their target market and their values. The shopping app Doak has come under fire for their use of token representatives in their company advertisements. The brand often sends groups of popular YouTubers such as Emma Chamberlain and Ellie Thumman on trips that subtly advertise the perks of being a hashtag Doak girl. But as posts went up and the comments came out, the brand started to notice that their display of white young teen girls was maybe not enough to get the public on their side, and so they decided to go a little bit out of their comfort zone and bring some color into their line of representatives. Though this seems like a smart move, it may have backfired a little bit since it seems that the dote is stuck in the past and potentially just a little bit racist. On a dote-sponsored trip to Coachella, some of the brand's secrets came out when one of their darker-complexioned YouTubers, Daniela Perkins, broke down on camera in the dote house, saying that she and the other YouTubers of color were actually segregated from the rest of the group. So not only was she sent to a different side of the house, most likely due to the color of her skin, but the featured posts on the trip were also highly selective. Though there were over four people of color on the trip, there was typically only one featured on the company's Instagram posts. And this selective representation severely ruined the brand's image, and consumers that became aware of the lack of inclusivity and tolerance began to boycott the brand as a whole. Moving forward, it's also important to note that these influencers are often rather young, naive, and quite frankly just broke. So they're new to the concept of partnerships and they're eager to push their careers forward. Companies offer them little to no pay in exchange for their creativity and dedication to the brand. One example that went rather viral in the beauty world, at least, was definitely a case between Nikki Tutorials and Too Faced Cosmetics. So in case you're unaware, Too Faced is a makeup giant and it sells its products all across the world in huge stores like Sephora and Ulta. And Nikki Tutorials, on the other hand, has over 13 million subscribers on YouTube today, and they just watch her create makeup looks and review products. But back in 2016, so at the time of the deal, she was just gaining traction online after her wildly popular The Power of Makeup video went live. She was one of the first beauty YouTubers to cross into the collaborative marketing and product creation, and let's just say this was a big mistake at the time for her. More or less, she received nothing in exchange for her efforts and her name was dragged through the mud. Her value as a creative was severely undercut and was promised a flat fee of $50,000 with no residuals on her new collaborative palette. Though she was extremely excited about the launch, her lack of understanding of the business at the time was what led her to sign a contract that most would consider absolutely unacceptable. The brand sold upwards of $10 million worth of the product and her flat rate only gave her about 0.005% of the sales. Moreover, not only was her value undercut, but so was the value of the palette. Too Faced engaged in some shady tactics and lowered the quality of the shadows behind Nikki's back. Though she and her fellow YouTubers sampled and promoted a much stronger palette sample, her fans that spent their own money were absolutely furious because their swatches just didn't align at all with what was shown online. In the end, Nikki bounced back throughout the years, but the Too Faced company and their scandalous tactics have remained to be boycotted by many high-profile beauty influencers and their loving fans. On the other hand, there's obviously a chance that these partnerships can be mutually beneficial and definitely worthwhile. The online stars can have access to some extra income, gifts, holiday vacations, and exposure. Companies instantly gain access to powerful and trend-setting influencers that create entertainment for followers that are already interested in their topics and reach worldwide audiences. Creating and endorsing products through YouTube and Instagram also has the added benefit from being far from basic. 
The most successful collaborations have worked because they haven't been a straight up sales pitch and brought the message to the market by doing something incredibly innovative. So if we were to go back to the beauty community, an amazing example would be the Shane Dawson and the Jeffree Star controversy branded product line. Shane Dawson is a YouTuber that has been working on the platform since 2008. Though his content is anything but beauty related at the time and catered much more towards putting random things in a microwave and seeing if they exploded, he very quickly established a name for himself in the makeup world by partnering with a friend and makeup giant Jeffree Star Cosmetics for production and online distribution, and later Morphe, another huge makeup store, as a retail outlet. Instead of Shane sitting down in front of his camera and simply talking about the new palette, doing some simple swatches, and just announcing a launch date, he made a seven-part docu-series that killed it on YouTube. The videos were each around an hour long and collected over 90 million views during the initial uploads. I'm pretty sure they were each at least number one on trending or just trending at the time of their release. But the project itself focused on Shane and Jeffrey's experience in the makeup world and the production of the line. So viewers were excited to see the secrets and dangers of the beauty world and hear about some of the biggest rivalries from Jeffree Star's point of view. So Jeffree Star himself is a very controversial makeup influencer. He tends to put himself in a lot of drama that doesn't even concern him, so people are always really looking for his point of view. Either way, one thing that really also set this campaign apart was that Shane decided to really focus on true transparency with everything. So he put himself and Jeffree Star and their own struggles into the series, and they talked about everything from the death of a beloved pet, a bestiality claim, a break-in and hijack launched, how much money Shane could walk away with, and much more. But if we were to fast forward to the results of this unique marketing campaign, we'd see some outstanding results. The line was launched online and rumored to have broken the internet. They used Shopify and Killer Merch, Killer Merch is Jeffree Star's company, but they both work with large companies and have experienced some very anticipated launch days. Nevertheless, this product line had so many people interested that on launch day, both sites broke down for hours and IT could not even get into the service to finish uploading all the products online. Either way, the 1 million units of the main palette were sold out within 30 minutes and everything else was gone within 6 days. Seeing their success after the hectic launch date, the two decided to open up and restock and pre-order so that the others could get the product before the holidays came around. The 60,000 new units were gone within just 30 minutes. Therefore, in this example, we see the true value in fairly partnering with influencers. Jeffree Star Cosmetics and Morphe gained access to a huge fan base that already adored Shane, and Shane in return was properly compensated for his efforts as a creative after all his years of work. So in the end, we can see that entrepreneurship through the use of participatory media can either be highly beneficial or absolutely detrimental to both parties. Looking through our examples, companies that exploit creatives for commercialization purposes definitely run the risk of self-destruction if their secrets ever come out. If you yourself are a creator, it's important to educate yourself on the business and entrepreneurial side of the creative industries in order to establish and maintain your worth. So looks like that's all the time we have for today. And thanks for listening in to this week's episode.